hello everyone. Hello, good afternoon. Well, it's still good morning. I'm so glad to see each of you here this morning. Thank you for coming out and being a part. I missed y'all last week when I took a little break to go to annual conference, but I'm so glad to be back with you today. Um, please hold our great pastor up in prayer. He and his family are a little under the weather, but we know that God is able, so we're lifting them up before the Lord. And um, I tell you, we just got back from annual conference. Now, some of us are here, and I'll tell you, we had a beautiful time in the Lord. Amen. I tell you, it can get some amens because uh, some of these people were there with me. All oh, the worship was high. I wanted to run up and down those aisles, but I said, well, now, they might not understand that like they do at Udawa. So, <laughs> but what a great time. I tell you, it was meant for dancing. It was a beautiful time, and the Holy Spirit was high and moved all in the place. And uh, Bishop uh, Swanson brought us such a great and powerful word from the Lord. And I tell you, I loved what he said. He said, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for us. Jesus is praying for us. That lets us know we can't lose with the stuff we use because Jesus is praying for us. And that just made me feel so good to know that, and, and the way he brought it out, I mean, he preached. He preached the first night and we thought, oh, we done got all he got to offer. But then he brought it again the next night and preached his heart out. And what a great time in the Lord to help us to know that we have to do what God has called us to do. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on around, our job, we have to stay focused and do the work that we're called to do. And there was a couple of other places where I, I was uh, moved. Our bishop made it very clear. Racism is a sin. And we have taken baptismal vows to make sure that we work against evil and oppression anywhere we find it. That is our call. And so she stood before us and said, now don't, 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 don't think it's not. It's a sin. We've missed the mark and we need to turn from our wicked way. And there were a little bumpy roads, you know, it's annual conference. There's voting and all kind of things. And when they talked about dismantling racism and began to tell the stories of some of the folks there who had gone through so much pain and suffering and some of the things that the women pastors had endured and the African-American pastors and Hispanic pastors and the very pastors, people saying, and these are good church people, God-loving people, but still haven't grown enough to love everybody as God loves us. And said things that were so horrible and so ugly that they couldn't even tell us about them, but they shared just a few of the nicer things. And those nicer things brought tears to my eyes. All I could do was cry. And my brother over here, he said, you know, because my heart is still a little heavy. I won't, I won't lie. My heart's heavy, so thank you for praying for me this morning. It breaks my heart that maybe somebody 
doesn't want to serve beside me. Not because I don't love the Lord. Not because I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. Not because God hadn't called me. But because I'm a brown woman. Nothing about my heart. Just looking at the outward appearance. I thank God that we serve a God that doesn't look on the outside. Hallelujah! But looks at the love and the passion of our hearts. <laughs> and allows us to do the work that God has called us to do. And I thank God for a church like UMC, where I can stand here today and I can proclaim the word of God. And it doesn't matter that my skin looks a little different than yours. You're still open to hear the word of God from the vessel that God has called and is willing to use. God bless you. And y'all are light to other communities, other churches, that it's time out for segregation. It's time out for hate. It's time out. We got a work to do, and it's going to take all the people in the body of Christ to get that work done. Oh, my Lord. That ain't what I came to talk about this morning. But I had to bring that word to you because my brother brought it to my attention because I didn't want to even talk about that. But the countenance of my spirit spoke loudly. And so I want you to know, yes, my heart breaks. But I thank God that we ended on a good note and we ended saying, we're going to try to work together. And we're going to try to do better than we've done in the past. So I thank God for that work. And y'all pray for the United Methodist Church and the work of dismantling racism, hate, destruction of any form and kind that we find. We have to stand up and be counted and speak the word into power. Amen. Well, it's a good thing. We're talking about the spirit of truth this morning. Now, they tell me last week at Pentecost, the Holy Ghost fell, and y'all were running the aisles and speaking in tongues and all kind of things, and I missed it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, at least that's what the first service told me. <laughs> so, I hate I missed it, but I promise you, I will get my shout on before it's said and done. And I wore my Pentecost hair just to make sure. Amen. Amen. Um, our scripture today comes from John 16, 12 through 15. And it says, I still have many things to say, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. And for this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. 
Today is Trinity Sunday. Now, Trinity Sunday is the first Sunday after Pentecost in our Western Christian liturgical year. And the Sunday of Pentecost in the Eastern Christian liturgical year. So Trinity Sunday celebrates the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, the three persons of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now we know the doctrine of Trinity is not found in our Bible as the word Trinity, but it is implied through many of the scriptures that discuss God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, this Trinity Sunday falls on the first Sunday after Pentecost, which is the 50th day after Easter. The day honors the descent of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' apostles and followers. Trinity Sunday, in its essence, celebrates the mystery of faith and unity on and of the Holy Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, one of the things I learned that I really love, the Trinity Sunday is also called the Feast of the Holy Spirit. Now, that just sounds just wonderful. I love that. The Feast of the Holy Spirit is denoting a Christian feast in honor of the Trinity. Now, that has been going on since the 10th century, and we're not going to have a feast today. I brought y'all some cookies. That's the best I could do. But what we will do is feast on the Holy Spirit, welcoming the Holy Spirit into our lives, welcoming the Holy Spirit into this place, saying, Holy Spirit, come. Use us. Use this church. Use this place. Have thine own way. Allowing the Spirit to move freely in and through our lives, in and through our churches, because it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that change will come. Allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work that the Spirit has been called to do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Supreme, divine, triune God, you are a great mystery to us, but we know you are great and we know you are good. Although we can never know you in your fullness while we're in this flesh, we look forward to the day that we can know you fully in all your glory. We thank you for your love and for the passion of your Son and the blessing of your Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit, to be beside us, to guide us. Thank you for an advocate to stand with us and to teach us all things. Thank you for that great bearer of truth. Lord, we are grateful for your presence with us. Help us to be the people you have called us to be. And help us to follow the lead of your Holy Spirit. Lord, please open the eyes of our heart that we may see you, that we may see you in each other. Lord, open the eyes of our heart. Now, Holy Spirit, please speak a word of truth and life through me today. 
that we may walk in your power in sharing the love of God and the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, but Christ will come again. So please, Lord, help us to be ready when Christ come again. You said you'd know us by our love. Lord, let our love show in every place and in every way. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I, in John, the, much of that language that you hear there in John, as I began to study, I realized that's legal language. See, that's the language of the lawyers and the attorneys. Yeah, Mr. Lockerbie knows about that. Esquire. Uh, the language denotes ownership and, and legal prosecution and legal defense. Now, if you've ever gone to court or seen any movie with a courtroom scene, before any of the legal proceedings began, the witness is called to the stand and asked to put their hands on the Holy Bible and swear a certain oath. You must swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help them God. Amen? This is also the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The Holy Spirit can only proclaim whatever God and Jesus tells the Holy Spirit to proclaim. It can only teach us what Jesus and God has taught the Holy Spirit to teach. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now, in these scriptures, we find some interesting practices. Now, some of you lawyers and, and legal persons might say this is not too strange, but I think it is a little strange that the Holy Spirit is our legal counsel, but is working for both the prosecution and the defense. Now, that doesn't sound right, does it? No. I, I, see, our resident lawyer says you don't do that. I knew it sounded a little strange. You, you're working on both sides. Now, in our courtroom system, that would not be an appropriate practice, but when we are discussing the things of God, oh my goodness, it makes perfect sense. Prosecution and defense. Oh, we thank God that God's ways are not our ways, and our ways are not God's ways, and God knows what is best for us. And I am grateful. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever seen the movie A Few Good Men? How many of y'all seen it? Go and raise your hand. Anybody? Oh, I got a whole bunch of y'all movie watchers up in here. Very good. So many of us do. But for those who do not, I'll tell you a little bit about the movie. A Few Good Men is a 1992 American legal drama. And the film is based on an Aaron Sorkin's 1989 play. Now, this movie tells the story of military lawyers at a court-martial who uncover a high-level conspiracy while defending their clients. 
and the clients are two United States Marines accused of murder. Now, in this movie, there's a popular scene and an iconic quote. Now, do any of y'all know that quote? Now, if you've seen it, you're supposed to know the quote, okay? So we're going to do that on one, two, three, okay? But I'm, uh, let me help the other folks who don't know it yet. See, yes, y'all know it, and it is a scene where Colonel Jessup is being pressed to tell the truth about the death of Santiago and the military orders that he gave the two accused Marines. As he is being pressed to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, in rage, Colonel Jessup yells and he says, what? You can't handle the truth. That's right. The scene is so powerful, it has been quoted over and over in various circumstances and situations where the truth is too gruesome, too shocking, too scary, too awful, too downright evil that people can't even bear to hear it. See, this scripture here in John brought this scene to my mind. Because it opens with Jesus telling his disciples, there are so many things that I'd like to tell you, but you aren't ready for it. You can't handle it yet. It's really too much for you to bear. Jesus knew the disciples were already grieving the thought of him leaving. They loved him and wanted him to stay with them, so he knew they could not handle the truth. They did not have the wisdom, the power, the understanding to handle the whole truth and nothing but the truth at that moment. See, the truth of Jesus' sacrifice and the sacrifice they themselves would have to make later was too gruesome, too shocking, too scary, too awful, too harsh for them to bear. See, Jesus knew there was a conspiracy working in the background. Jesus knew that they were going to need legal counsel. They were going to need someone to stand beside them. Someone who could speak the truth and nothing but the truth by the help of God. So Jesus spoke in parables and seemingly to some in riddles. They said, what is this man talking about? He going to leave and he going to come back and he going to This makes no sense. But his followers, even though they could not yet understand, they knew the words of Jesus were important. So they held them in high regard. Y'all, we need to hold these scriptures in high regard. The words of Jesus are important. Uh, the words of the scripture are important. And even when we can't understand it, we need to hold it in high regard. Most of us don't understand all the legal language of a contract, do we? Mm -mm. Most of us don't understand because that's why we go get a lawyer. Because number one, we're not going to even read it. We're just going to trust the man that we pay or the woman that we pay to stand beside us to do the work. 
and know that we're not signing our lives over to the devil. We got to trust it because we don't understand that legal language of a contract. Well, this was the same with the disciples. Jesus was given a covenant, was talking about a covenant, a, a, a legal and binding contract, and the words made no sense. So, in our case, uh, I look at it, and they call it legal ease, but it's not easy for anyone except those who know the law and those who are trained attorneys or lawyers, right? Because there is nothing easy about contract reading. Then they get into that fine print, and I can't even see it. So I have no idea, but I just believe <laughs> that my lawyer is standing on my behalf. That is why we hire a lawyer or an attorney who specializes in the issues of our case to help us with the legal jargon, to help us understand and to provide us the power to win our case or solve our problem or buy our house, whatever it may be. Jesus knew his disciples then and today would need help in understanding the things of God. Jesus in his body was limited by the carnal, by the flesh. And all the issues of time and space that we experience as human beings, Jesus was fully human, although yet fully divine. So therefore was limited by this body, just as we are. Thus it was best, and he said to them, you know, it's best for me to go away. It is to your advantage for me to leave. It is to your advantage for me to go and to send back an advocate who is not limited by time and space and this carnal body. I have to go away so that you can have what you need to be able to withstand what you're going to go through. See, I look at this, the name of the Holy Spirit here in uh, the scripture, the paraclete, the parakletos. And it says toast, so I need to say toast there because toss means temporary. Toast means permanent. We have a permanent advocate that's standing in for us. Now, I know pastor spoke about this last week, but I want to continue the conversation. So when I went to the Greek lexicon, I realized the true power of this passage. Jesus is saying, I'm going away to summon the Holy Spirit to come to your side and provide you aid. Just as one standing in a courtroom needs that attorney, attorney right by their side. Ah, the Holy Spirit has come to stand by our side. The Holy Spirit will plead your case before the judge of this world as well as before your Father in heaven. Because one day all of us are, are going to stand before the throne of grace. All of us are going to stand before God and the Spirit will be the legal counsel for your defense, and an intercessor to plead your case when you sit 
in that judgment seat. Now, right now, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God pleading for our pardon. He sent his Holy Spirit to continue to dwell with the disciples and with the apostles and with all of us to lead us into a deeper knowledge of the gospel of truth and to give them and us divine strength to enable all of his followers to undergo trials, tribulations, and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. Y'all, we need the Holy Spirit. If we're going to stand in this day, if we're going to stand and proclaim truth, we need the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. That is the only way for us to stand. See, he sent the Holy Spirit to give us the power to overcome the evil forces of this world, to do justice, and to speak truth to power. That is our job. That is our call. And in the flesh, Jesus was limited by all the things that we're limited by. See, he could only cover so much ground. He could only walk so far. He could only touch so many people. His humanness limited his ability to touch every heart, every mind, and every spirit all over the world. But if, so if Jesus had stayed on earth and did ministry, hey, it would have been limited. And some of us would have been lost. Mm, when I think about that. So it is to our advantage that Jesus went away. To assure the salvation of the world, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit who does not have these limitations. The Holy Spirit is a universal spirit who can touch and heal every heart and every mind and all at once or all just one at a time, the Holy Spirit moves and changes lives and people and hearts and minds. Powerful. See, the Holy Spirit has been sent to glorify Christ. Everything the Spirit does or teaches will be to the glory of Jesus Christ. That's what the Scripture tells us. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, our lives should glorify Christ. Because that's what the Spirit does. We will testify to the truth of the gospel. Jesus Christ hung, bled, and died for our sins, and on the third day he rose from the dead. Amen. We serve a resurrected Christ. He is our risen Savior who ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. But he did not leave us lonely or alone, nor did he leave us powerless. He sent an advocate, a counselor, a helper, an aide to teach us, to stand beside us, to plead our case, a prosecutor and a defense attorney. See, the Holy Spirit will convict us of our sin. When we miss the mark, we're going to feel it. You see, you talk about the preacher stepping on your toes, but it's not the preacher that convicts. It is the Holy Spirit. So if you feel yourself sticking those toes up under, 
We just know we got a little work to do. We got a little work to do. The Holy Spirit convicts and leads us to admit our guilt, tells us to plead guilty. And for us to plead and let God know our need for a Savior. We need Jesus in our lives. We need a Savior. Then the Spirit of God will speak in our defense and say, although they have been found guilty, they have done wrong, and I know it, but I'm bringing them before you because they're sorry. And they're accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. So they plead the blood of Christ, and they throw themselves on the mercy of the court. Oh, my Lord, I'm so glad we serve a merciful God who has given Jesus the deed to all creation, who has given Jesus all of us in honor of the work that Christ did on the cross, who allows all the righteousness of Christ to be our righteousness. So when we stand before God, we don't stand before God naked. We stand clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, I'm about to get excited up here. We are guilty, but Christ's righteousness paid our debt and set us free. Once we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit keeps us until Christ comes in final victory. Oh, we're sealed by the Spirit of God. Now, our call is to embody the love of our Creator God, to embrace and share the hope of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. This ain't just for you. You got to share it. And to accept the sustaining faith of the ever-present Spirit in ways that are life, that are life-giving, Life given to ourselves, life given to our home, life given to our community, life given to our church. If you're operating in things that are not life giving, that is not of God. Let it go. Let it go. The Holy Spirit will convict you of those things, but also will help you to let them go and plead the righteousness of Christ. See, our call is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of this world. Oh, if we all could walk in the Spirit, what a better world we would have. Now, I don't claim to know what the future holds. Not for this uh, world, not for this uh, church. I don't know what tomorrow gonna bring. But I do know who holds the future. And because I know who holds the future, I know the promises of God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I can't promise you, you will not suffer for the gospel of Jesus Christ because that is the call. But I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, the Holy Spirit will help you, keep you, and take you through. It took the, the apostles of old through that same Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. He will take us through also. Hmm. Regardless of what comes, 
regardless of what goes, y'all, regardless of what happens in our lives or in the life of the United Methodist Church, we know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for us, praying for us, rallying for us, and we know how this story ends. We might not know every step in between, but we know how it ends. And we win. Oh, hallelujah, we win. The triune God in your life who has not accepted Jesus' righteousness for your own. Come on. The altar is open. Altar is open. Say, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. But I throw myself on the mercy of the court because I'm guilty sorry. And I want to turn from my wicked ways. And if we will do that, Jesus will answer. And the Holy Spirit will cover us. And God will say, come on, my good and faithful servant. Welcome home. Would that be one? Would that be one? Amen? Amen. Glory to God.